Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm producer Rihanna Cruz. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. All right, Charlie, Nate, you guys might know Nicki Minaj, yes? Yes. Yes. Cool. How familiar are you guys, though, with the Nicki Minaj cinematic universe? I probably end somewhere around Super Bass, sadly. Wow, not a barb. Not a barb, I see. Not not a barb, but no one ever invited me in. Mm. I, I similarly, I feel like I'm I'm familiar with with some of her big hits. I will never forget when I first heard her guest verse on "Monster" by Kanye West. Pull up in a monster automobile gangster with a bad bitch that came from Sri Lanka. Yeah, I'm in a tanga, color a Willy Wonka. You could be the king, but watch the queen come. Okay, first thing. But no, I don't feel like I do know as much about the Nikki cinematic universe as I should, given that she's probably one of the most influential MCs of the last 20 years. She is. I mean, at least I, I would say so. In the NMCU, mm. you know, we have such characters as Chun-Li. They need rappers like me. They need rappers like me. So they can get on their fucking keyboards and make me the bad guy, Chun-Li. There's also Red Ruby and Da Sleaze, both mentioned on the song Red Ruby Da Sleaze. Only on them seas if it's breeze. Red Ruby Da Sleaze, Chinese on my sleeve. These wanna be Chun Lee's anyway. Yeehaw. Who the fuck told bitches they was mean now? I knew these bitches was. And these, my friends, are just the tip of the iceberg in the NMCU. Nicki Minaj has over 20 alter egos, most carefully documented on the Nicki Minaj fandom wiki, and in songs of hers like Itty Bitty Picky. I'm Nicki Minaj, Nicki Lewinsky, Nicki the Ninja, Nicki the Boss, Nicki the Harajuka Barbie. Like, I mean, I don't even know why you girls bother at this point. Like, But perhaps the most outspoken and famous alter ego of hers is none other than Roman. What up? You want it, Roman? I'm Roman. What's up? Let's What's go. Up? He says what I can't say. He's mean. He's, he's angry and he's vicious. Saying Roman is here to stay. So I take it you guys aren't familiar with Roman. Mm, no, negative. But I also feel like unless I have gone and really engaged past the singles and the endless features that she's done, I feel like I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have entered this universe. And now I'm realizing that there is uh, an incredible amount of depth to go into to to understand her entire musical universe. Well, Charlie, whether you realize it or not, though, Roman has been featured on some of Nikki's biggest hits in the early years of her career, songs that you have heard and maybe even talked about on the show. Mm. Roman's featured on a song like Pound the Alarm. Yep. 
And you might be thinking, surely Roman isn't on starships. Well, I'm here to tell you that he is. (laughs) (laughs) Nikki's first big smash. Let's go to the beach, eat, let's go get a wave. They say what they gonna say. Have a drink, clink, found a Bud Light. Bad bitches like me, it's hard to come by the Patron. And that vocal affectation is signature Roman. So Roman was there the whole time. Roman was under our noses this entire time. And as Nikki has released her latest album, Pink Friday 2, a follow-up to her debut, Pink Friday, Mm. it's time to explore the career of Nicki Minaj through the implementation and use of Roman, one of her characters in the NMCU that gives Nicki Minaj her sauce, so to speak. It's what makes her music fun. It's what makes her music exciting and kind of forces her in the conversation of one of the best rappers of all time. So I'm here to be your tour guide into Gag City and take you to explore who really is Roman. And just to get this out of the way, Nicki Minaj does not historically have great politics. And this character, Roman, is actually a pretty good example of that because Roman's full name is Roman Zelansky. Like perhaps a takeoff on the disgraced film director Roman Polanski? Yeah, and it's tough because it's spelled exactly the same way, just swapping a Z for the P. Nikki has addressed this. Here's a line from the song Stupid Ho. Good to know. I don't know. It still kind of plays out as a bad, tasteless joke to me. But Nicki Minaj is, in fact, one of the biggest female rappers of all time. And Roman has evolved to become a really interesting facet of her rapping. So it would be remiss not to explore this character. Let me take you on a journey through the story of Roman. In Nicki Minaj's documentary, My Time Now, Nicki says that Roman is an alternate personality. He was originally female, fun fact, and described as a twin sister, but soon into his implementation, Roman is retconned to be male. He's a boy, assumedly British, that lives inside of Nicki, and he's mean and violent and rude and rebellious and also a homosexual. Roman has a mother, Martha. This will become important later. She appears in multiple Nicki songs as well, and they function kind of as a straight man and comedic foil duo, with Martha making appearances through the Nicki Minaj canon the same way that Chun-Li has, the same way that Roman has. Martha has tried to have Roman exercised. Roman fights an evil demon called Nemesis, etc., etc. There's lots of lore in there. The core idea here is that Roman, in all of his personality traits, serves as a conduit for Nikki to be more outspoken, crazier, and more brash than usual. Is it maybe a cop-out for when she acts a little too wacky, a little too crazy? Maybe. But Nikki has released some of her most interesting music under the sort of alter ego of Roman. So since we've introduced his character and his origin story, I want to talk about his key appearances so we get to know him better. And just to understand, how do we know when we're hearing Roman? Does she always announce the Roman character or is there a particular voice that she does to indicate him? We'll get into that. The first appearance of Roman is on Nikki's feature on Ludacris' song, My Chick Bad. 
She introduces a character on a feature. Okay, this is cool. Now will these bitches wanna try and be my bestie? But I take a left and leave them hanging like a test. Trash top to them, then I put them in a hefty. Running down a court, I'm dunking on them, Lisa Leslie. It's going down. Basement, Friday the 13th. Guess who's playing Jason? Tuck yourself in, you better hold on to your teddy. It's Nightmare on Elm Street, and guess who's playing Freddy? <laughs> so immediately, right, we have no explicit references to Roman in the beginning of this verse. But as you asked, Charlie, we're seeing signifiers that will notify his presence on future Nikki hits. Going lyrical, we have a penchant for crude insults. You know, the second line that she says in this verse is, I take a left and leave them hanging like a testy, you know, crude, kind of childish, you know, puberty humor. Yeah, that's like middle school on the bus. Right, exactly. It's like if you're having a rap battle at recess type vibe, (laughs) which makes sense because Roman is, you know, a a boy, as Nicki Minaj says, you know, like a a, a younger boy where his mother still needs to come in and and scold him type B, you know. (laughs) So we're we're thinking like... uh... Thir- like maybe 13 or, or four, like bar mitzvah age. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Just hitting puberty. So it's the lyrical content, but more importantly, it's this vocal affectation she uses. Hmm. And it's on display, particularly in these two lines. Running down a court, I'm dunking on I'm Lisa Leslie. It's Nightmare on Elm Street, and guess who's playing Freddy? Is it the voice when she almost kind of goes like, into her sinus more it's like well up here like which is really different than her like twang that she sometimes does exactly so Nicki minaj is from new york right and and she has a very heavy new york accent yeah roman in contrast is from london so she's probably trying to do this weird London accent, huh. which is not good, mm-hmm. but it kind of morphs into this different voice that she uses where it's pushing your vocal cords past the kind of reasonable breath point, mm. right? Like it's like you're rapping until you're like nearly out of breath and then it's like you're forcing your chest to kind of cave in as you're like giving your all to the line, right? Because when she's saying it, it's like nightmare on Elm Street and guess who's playing Freddy? You know, it's it's <laughs> it's different than the way Nicki Minaj is rapping at this time, like on her mixtape, Be Me Up Scotty. A song like her Boss Ass Bitch remix, she's using a heavy New York accent and there's kind of like a lackadaisical approach to the rhymes that becomes defining of her early tracks. Rule number one and be a boss ass bitch. Never let a clown nigga try to play you. If he play you, then rule number two. Fuck his best friends and make them yes men. And get a dick kick. <laughs> yeah, pure New York accent. Boss. I'm a boss. It's much different than like the the almost goofy approach that she takes when she's embodying Roman, distinguishing the character from the regular or classic presentation of Nicki Minaj as a rapper. There's two distinct ways that she's rapping around this time where you have this heavy Queens accent, you know, the New York like boss, but you also have Roman where she's doing a voice. It's it's different. So going into the music that Nicki Minaj has released solo, Pink Friday, her debut album, and of course, the record that catapulted her to stardom, comes out in 2010. 
the second track on the record is called Roman's Revenge. And it's a track that stands in stark contrast to the more bubbly melody focus songs on the album, like Moment for Life and Super Bass. It functions as kind of a thesis of sorts for Roman. So let's take a listen. So right off the bat, right, it starts with this deep 808 thump, and then it's followed by kind of extraterrestrial sounding synthesizers, as though something is like being beamed in from space. And then the violins come in, as though they're scoring this kind of intergalactic space scene. I am not Jasmine, I am Aladdin. So far ahead, these bumps is lagging. See me in that new thing, bums is gagging. I'm starting to feel like a dungeon dragon. Rah, rah, like a dungeon dragon. I'm starting to feel like a dungeon Wow, that is some dexterous rapping. A reference to Tribe Called Quest's track scenario. Bust the Buster Rhymes verse in that. Rah, rah, like a dungeon dragon. I know that one. I got that. I know that reference. <laughs> Does she kind of like slip into Roman as this goes on? I felt like there was a moment where I was like, oh, now, now that I, now that you've primed me to hear mm-hmm. this voice, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, there there's I, I heard it sort of like emerging as the flow went on. Right, right. Because she starts, you know, I am not Jasmine, I am Aladdin. She's kind of in her regular cadence. And then when she gets to the line, see me in that new thing, bums is gagging. That's when she's starting to get into the Roman voice because it's not see me in that new thing, bums is gagging. It's see me in that new thing, bums is gagging. I am not Jasmine, I am Aladdin. So far ahead, these bums is lagging. See me in that new thing, bums is gagging. I'm starting to feel like a dungeon dragon. That's (laughs) the Roman in her, right? And the song and these lines in the song carry like a more primal tone to it. And she kind of brings out a, a vibrato almost in these lines when she's saying dungeon dragon. You know, she's like, rah, rah, like a dungeon dragon, you know? Right. I think what makes Roman so commanding in his songs, mm. because I love this song personally, I love the other Roman songs that we're going to get into, there's an urgency to the way that he raps where it's kind of like you're in your chair you know when you're like playing video games maybe you guys i don't know you don't play video games but there's that moment in a video game right where you're playing and you're leaning back and then like shit gets real so you like lean forward you know and you're like oh i gotta lock in (laughs) that's how i feel when listening to Nicki minaj particularly on these roman songs there's something so specific about how she locks in as roman that kind of flips a switch in my brain and it's like oh shit just got serious i love that analogy i haven't played video games in a minute but i do know that feeling you're describing Rihanna and I feel it too. There's this intensification that happens when she slips into that Roman persona. It's that vocal timbre moving up into the nose we were talking about. It's the way she kind of puts this like a little bit more swing into the rhythm of it. And it's like, yeah, da, da, and you're like, whoa. And all of a sudden you're just locked into it. And it's all, and it always seems like it's cresting up to some point of sort of like explosion. So you're on the edge of your seat, like, where where is this going? Right. Her songs as Roman have this extended crescendo mm. where that's why it feels like you have to sit up, you know, because it feels yeah. like it's going to explode. There's really no mm. release in these songs where she's rapping the whole time as Roman. It just goes up, up, up. And then the song ends and you need more Roman. 
it's like the equivalent of the shepherd tone, the musical trick where a pitch seems to ascend forever. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> oh, sorry. Excuse me. Bringing it back to stuff that's cool and everybody knows. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that's that's too mean. That's too mean. I love the shepherd tone. Big fan of it. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. Maybe Nicki Minaj, though, also noticed what you guys are mentioning, right? Like there's a constant crescendo. And she thought maybe what I need to do is really lean into Roman. So the real hallmark of Roman's artistry comes on her second album released two years later called Pink Friday, Roman Reloaded. And it's reissue, Pink Friday, Roman Reloaded, the re-up. <laughs> Talk about upping the ante on every single title. And these records could be considered, in my opinion, a character study where Nicki Minaj is an actress exploring the limits of Roman as a character's form through immersion into sheer pop maximalism. Mm. Most of the Roman songs have beats that are similar to Roman's Revenge, the intensity that we heard on that song. There's tracks like Come on a Cone. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> He's in the trap. And a personal favorite, Hove Lane. I also noticed that these beats are pretty hard, as uh, as Roman might say. Like, they are pretty minimal. They're, like, very bass and drum heavy. Mm-hmm. I feel like when she's adopting this persona, she's also gravitating towards these beasts that have a little bit more edge and oomph and power to support that character and almost like annoying repeating synthesizers they're, like, <laughs> they're grading right i like them but they're, they're definitely like they're poking at you like pay attention to me right i mean i know myself and you know other music journalists have called what Nicki minaj is doing on roman reloaded proto hyper pop hmm. where it's annoying trying to make you pay attention, very mm. digital, very attention-grabbing. Mm -hmm. But speaking of attention-grabbing, there's one song in particular that shines a little brighter than the rest on this record. And it's, in my opinion, the record's centerpiece. It's a little ditty called Roman Holiday. Take your medication, Roman. Take a short vacation, Roman. You'll be okay. <laughs> you need to know your station, Roman. Some alterations on your clothes and your brain. Oh my gosh. What? Is that Audrey Hepburn on the on the mic? Close. It's Martha. Oh, that's Martha. Okay. Okay. Martha. Whoa. Yeah. It's getting some real like Roald Dahl Matilda vibes there. Roman holiday, a Roman holiday. And then that beat switch and that, oh my God, this is a track for the ages. Right. So right from the get-go, we have Nikki doing the voice of Martha, Rome's mother, and already there's storytelling. The chorus, you know, take your medication, Roman, it'll be okay. And as she's saying that, we have short, punchy synth stabs that are the same notes as the vocals, evoking a very simplistic and childlike feel. Mm. It's like you're seeing Martha tell Roman this from the eyes of Roman, from the eyes of a child. Mm. And then 
The synths drop out, the drums switch to this primal rattling drum, which shifts us from the things happening around Roman to Roman's internal monologue. There's deep storytelling going on here, just through Nikki's timbre and the beat. This verse contains one of my favorite Nicki Minaj lines, by the way, which is, I am the ultimate Svengali. You bitches can't even spell that. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. That's great. Lots of gems in here. Lots of gems. I mean, this track is blowing my mind. And it's also such a crystalline example of why I've always had so much reverence for Nicki as a rapper. It's like the precision of her flow is like Mozartian. It is, it's, everything is just in its right place. The way she hits the, the punchlines and the rhymes, the, the way she articulates everything with, with such clarity, even when she's doing these like really verbose and multisyllabic words, the way she varies her rhythmic flow. I, I, there's just like so much going on in any stanza of a Nicki Minaj lyric. And I feel like with Roman, that's even amplified to the nth degree. Nikki loves using puns in her raps, and you could hear it here when she's like, you hoes buggin', repel that. That's something that's present in a lot of Nicki Minaj's music. She loves a punchline. And when she raps as Roman, those punchlines are there, but it's more deft wordplay. Do you get that? Do you get that, Charlie? Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> No, I missed that. Charlie is just staring, staring blankly ahead. Can you give us that line once more? You hoes buggin', repel that? So, wait, am I repelling down a cliff? <laughs> no, I get it. I'm just to you. Do you? Oh, you do get it. Yes, yeah. Buggin', bug repellent. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I used to lead wilderness trips in the woods of Maine. I know. I was just going to say, you're such an outdoorsman. I was like, why, why is he not <laughs> registering this? I don't believe in bug repellent. I, I am an anti-deet person. Um, I, I tried to use just long sleeve clothing. but Spoken yeah, like a okay. true New like Englander. C- citronella, yeah. Citronella will ruin a good meal. If you're like, everyone's like, 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 like let's sit outside and, and we'll just put a citronella <laughs> candle on. And you're like, how am I going to enjoy my food when it smells like this? Oh, it's gross. But the wrap is great. Charlie's no, not into al fresco dining. He's red, red pilling us on uh, bug spray <laughs> right now. <laughs> is this the kind of unsavory opinion that Nicki Minaj would have? Like, don't wear bug repellent, which in, re- in reality, yes. like, you know, protect yourself from my disease. Like, you should definitely wear a DEET if you're going hiking in the woods. Like, please. Right. Absolutely. I heard bug repellent makes your testicles swell to the size of a grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> what she said. Uh, I mean, that's that which which, to be honest, is like part of the reason why I think I've never turned towards her music is like these these takes on anti-vax stances that she's held uh, just, you know, being and broadly very uh, highly opinionated about very controversial things. And now I'm also like kind of questioning all of it. Where is the boundary between Nikki and Roman and all the other alter egos? Who, Who am I actually hearing from? The over 20 alter egos that populate her life and music. Unfortunately, I think the character espousing anti-vax sentiments and defending sex offenders is Nicki Minaj herself. But I feel like 
if we still want to enjoy her music, we can maybe embrace some of these personas that she's using within the songs, not to absolve her necessarily, but to recognize this sort of creative playground that she's creating for us. Yeah, maybe and maybe when you uh, create these alter egos, you slowly become them as well. Anyway. Very Fight Club-esque. Yeah, right, totally. <laughs> will, will, will you continue? All right, so to bring it back to Roman Holiday, kind of like our conversation, right? After we have this mad digression where it gets a little wacky, Martha is here as kind of a solve to take us back to the core story. God. But we're also like traveling around the world here. We have these EDM risers, but then these giant orchestral horn stabs, tabla drums in the background. Uh, it's, it's, I, I feel like I am going on a Roman holiday around the world. Absolutely. I, I feel like it's the perfect bridge of rap and pop. Cinema, too, almost. Absolutely. It balances both sides of the Nikki coin so well, where it's sheer insanity and like scope and vision and theatrics <laughs> with measured and calculated rhymes that have that punchability that you remember. Mm. And just when you thought you had it down, here comes the chamber music. <laughs> Nate went on a limb and evoked the, the, the great Amadeus Mozart, but now I'm hearing almost like Gregorian chanty, you know, hanging out in a big old cathedral uh, momentarily. She's taking us everywhere. But we're not done yet. This is wild. I pose the question, is Roman Holiday a Christmas song? <laughs> I would love to hear this in Nordstrom's, you know, yeah. just like <laughs> next to Bing Crosby. This does feel like a statement, this song. You get the sense that this is a song that she's pulling out all the stops for. And like this, this is meant to represent some apotheosis of her artistry there's so much going on here it's so kind of experimental but also incredibly catchy i i i see how maybe this roman character is not just like on the fringe of of her creative expression but but somehow like central to how she identifies as an artist and the arc that you've taken us on so far begins with a character Roman who doesn't even announce their name, it's maybe harder to identify to mm -hmm. so clearly presented front and center, an announcing himself, uh, changing voices, playing multiple characters. Uh, the, the artistry of these alter egos has evolved. And I imagine Charlie and I might have the same question after hearing this chronology of the Roman persona. Why? Why does Nicki Minaj need to channel a pubescent British, potentially Jewish 
Just going to put that out there, boy. <laughs> like, there's so many swaps going on there, right? Racial, gender, age, like... Nationality. Nationality. Like, what is this character signifying for, for, for Nikki? That is my burning question right now. Great question. We will get to that after the break. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latinx culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. So despite Roman having such a distinct sound, vision, and place in the Nicki Minaj canon, Roman, of course, is only Nicki Minaj's entry in a long line of musical alter egos. Musicians historically love an alter ego, right? In some cases, thinking of like a Garth Brooks, Chris Gaines moment, it allows artists to reach outside of their comfort zone and and tackle genres that they wouldn't be accepted in or even allowed to participate in otherwise. Mm. Garth Brooks is a country artist. Chris Gaines was his more rocky, poppy, weird 90s take on, on the more mainstream music that was happening at the time. Artists like Beyonce have alter egos. Sasha Fierce was the character present on Beyonce's album, I Am Sasha Fierce. Ziggy Stardust can be considered David Bowie's alter ego. This thing has always been present in the biggest pop stars of all time. And it's a gimmick, but it's also a way to try new things, imbue your songwriting with story, because, you know, at the end of the day, however corny it may be, Songs are storytelling. And that's what Roman is. He's a character in Nicki Minaj's story. He allows her to stretch the limits of her sound, try new things, and to touch on new elements to make her music more exciting, more fun, and everlasting, memorable, like you guys have been saying. It also explains, I think, to a certain degree, some of her career longevity, that as a rapper, there's so much expectation of speaking from your personal truth and, you know, you got to keep on spitting bars. And, uh, you know, if you're only going to draw from your personal experience, it can be hard to come up with original material. But if you have all of these characters in which you can evoke, you could write token length, you know, epic fantasy novels. I think Roman partially explains her career longevity, too. Right. And in hip hop specifically, 
the alter ego is a way to do many things that are different in a rapper's over. The alter ego can be implemented to do a different style of rapping, give a different flow, rap over different beats, provide a persona or a different narrative for your work because, as you said, Charlie, rappers are kind of expected to provide their own personal experiences. So an alter ego is, at the end of the day, used to keep the artistry exciting. Madlib had Quasimodo. Tupac had Machiavelli when he was releasing his posthumous records. But there's one persona that is maybe the biggest in hip hop. Do you guys know what that is? Uh, I mean, um, wait, wait, who? Uh, wait, wait, wait. Um, Are you talking about Humpty Hump from the Digital Underground? Ooh, no, but that's a good one for Shock G. It's actually, and you're going to gag when you hear this, Eminem and Slim Shady. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gogging. Right, right, right. Who literally gives us the idea of stands. So similar to Nikki's Roman Reloaded and Roman Reloaded the Re-Up, Eminem has two full albums dedicated to the persona of Slim Shady. There's the Slim Shady LP, one and two. And then we get the Marshall Mathers LP later, and we get to hear the, yeah, the real hmm. Eminem. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So compare the choruses of The Way I Am off the Marshall Mathers LP with My Name Is off the Slim Shady LP. And here's My Name Is. These records are a year apart. Mm. Slim Shady LP yeah. preceded Marshall Mathers LP by a year. And it's so drastic how the personas are are different. You know, My Name Is is goofy. It's fun. As you get into the song, there's a lot of fun, silly ad libs. The Way I Am is angry. And the voice is in an entirely different position. Again, here we're getting in sort of nasally, high-pitched. It makes it very goofy in contrast to when we're hearing Marshall Mathers, which is like low and guttural and and forceful. Mm -hmm. And granted, it could come as part of the subject matter of the songs where the way I am is kind of him getting stuff off his chest versus my name is, which is like goofy character work, Mm -hmm. you know, but Mm -hmm. it's still kind of what Nicki Minaj is doing. And Roman even has a tie-in with Slim Shady. Mm. Eminem is a feature on Roman's Revenge, as we talked about up top. But in the music video for Moment for Life, it's mentioned that the two, Roman Zelansky and Slim Shady, as punishment for the events depicted in Roman's Revenge, are sent off to boarding school together because they're so wacky. (laughs) Oh my God. So this is like when the Marvel and DC cinematic universes combined. That's the hip-hop equivalent. The lore runs deep, y'all. It's crazy. Really? I know so, darling. I don't want you to worry about anything, darling. Well, where's Roman, Godmother? I know you brought him. Where is he? Oh, darling, don't you start worrying about Roman, darling. Listen, he's <laughs> off to boarding school, by the way. Him and Slim Shady. What? So we're wreaking havoc over the industry, darling. Oh, Roman. Never mind. It's all about you, isn't it, darling? <laughs> and sidebar that is a funny moment because Moment for Life is one of Nikki's most personal songs, both in delivery, it's very delicate in the construction of it. So it's kind of, Roman is gone. It's you now. It makes me wonder, you know, aside from the uh, tradition of alter egos in hip-hop and popular music, do you think there's any particular reason 
that it came into Nikki's world. Is that something she's shared at all? Well, Nikki grew up in Trinidad and Tobago, and she has mentioned in interviews before she devised characters as a child to kind of help her escape the turmoil that was going on in her home. Moving to the industry, though, Nikki has said on multiple occasions that the hip hop industry is hard and difficult to break into and succeed in as a woman. So under this lens, Roman specifically could be seen as an aid, the way to help Nikki succeed in a male dominated industry. Roman helps her be tough. He helps her have the wherewithal to hold her own against men. Hmm. He helps her kind of establish her presence, considering her first few big moments were on men's songs, hmm. like Kanye's Monster, Ludacris's My Chick Bad, as we talked about before, or Trey Song's Bottoms Up, which to me, I remember as the first time that I was really hearing Nicki Minaj. Wait, who was she just at the end of that? She's doing multiple voices here. Oh my god. She's doing so many. I think it might be slipping into the Harajuku Barbie persona. It could be the female Wheezy persona, because as we said, there are over 20. Yeah. Wow. But I'd be remiss if we're talking about female alter egos and we didn't talk about where Nicki Minaj takes inspiration from with these characters. In female hip-hop, there's less alter egos, but they still exist. There's Megan Thee Stallion and Tina Snow. There's Mary J. Blige and Brooklyn. But it can all be traced (laughs) back to Lil' Kim, who set the blueprint with Queen Bitch. And Queen Bitch, shortened to Queen B, is present on multiple songs, including the titular Queen Bitch. Because I know the barbs are going to kill me if I don't mention this. Lil' Kim <laughs> has a long-standing beef with Nicki Minaj. Okay, okay, good to know. The barbs, of course, being Nicki Minaj's fan group. Yes, yes. They've been going at it for a while, but Lil' Kim is also so deeply important to the modern state of female rap because Lil' Kim is credited as being one of the first female rappers to be openly and overtly sexual in their lyrics. And Queen B in Lil' Kim's career is kind of the parallel of Roman in Nicki Minaj's career, where instead of Queen B being a child who airs out, you know, his wildest thoughts in song, Queen Bitch is kind of a conduit for Lil' Kim to get more overtly aggressive, more overtly sexual. And it's an alter ego that is present in some of her most popular music. So bringing it back to Nicki Minaj's solo career... It's unfortunate because at some point post-Roman Reloaded, the album with which Roman had the reins, Nikki grows tired of him. She kind of kills him off in the NMCU, basically, Hmm. and tosses him to the side. Well, he had to go to boarding school and, you know, learn all of his proper manners and things like that. So maybe he had to grow up. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But either way, by the pink print, Nikki's 2014 album, 
Roman is nowhere to be found. Roman's gone. You have some songs that have a Roman vibe, right? Like Truffle Butter. There's an intense beat. The rap goes hard. But it's all Nikki. She's rapping as herself. Thinking out loud. I must have about a million on me right now. And I ain't talking about that little Wayne record. I'm still a highest selling female rapper for the record. Man, this is 65 million single soul. Rapping as herself as we understand her to be. Right. I mean, she says... She's the highest selling female rapper. So she's very much in the Nicki Minaj self because as we've established, Roman is a man. I feel like maybe I'm being a little too picky here, but I think it's always important to think about like in all of pop music and especially in rap, there's this expectation of like you're singing as yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think it's always like you are singing as pop star persona. And I think the self is incredibly flexible, even when it is a more personally narrative track. In fact, you know, as you absorb your alter egos and potentially become some of them, we should always be suspect of the the details and what is fact and what is fiction in any given moment in a song. I mean, clearly Nicki Minaj brings back these alter egos at, at will, but a few years pass and in that time people are asking, Nicki, are you bringing back Roman? What's the deal with Roman? And she's like, oh, we'll see. He's at uni, you know. Right, exactly, exactly. But inevitably, Roman is MIA. Nikki's fourth record, Queen, drops in 2018, and there's no Roman on the record except one verse on Barbie Dreams. Okay, so was that Roman for just like two seconds in there for a minute? Well, exactly. It's Roman for, you know, 30 seconds. Roman voice. Right, right. And and we hear the hallmarks of Roman because there's sirens in the beat. It's more Mm. primal. It's directly in contrast to the majority of the song, which is a riff on Notorious B.I.G. The vocal affectation is there, but when Roman is rapping on Queen... It's like he's neutered. Something is is off. And even though, you know, she's getting in these goofy moments where she's like, <sighs> you know, like actually like snoring and stuff. The urgency there really isn't present for me. Roman, where have you gone? Perhaps some evidence for my theory that Roman is Jewish. You know, he's shouting out. He says, shout out to my Jews. L'chaim, Rick Rubin. Just going <laughs> to just going to throw no, that out no, there. No. Mm hmm. Caught that. I have a pathological urge to identify everyone who <laughs> might be even the hint of uh of of Jewishness. Representation matters, Nate. That's right. So that was the second to last formal appearance of Roman to date. Nikki totes him out for the remix of Super Freaky Girl. But it's the same thing. The voice is lessened and it honestly feels wrong to call it a Roman remix because the beat doesn't change either. It doesn't match the Roman persona. Lots of references here to prior work. We got the Anaconda in there. Obviously, we have uh, references to the horror films that we heard uh, in the very first inference of Roman. So Roman is present in Super Freak. Roman is present in Super Freak, but the voice, I don't know. When I tap into Roman, something that gets me there is the voice. And I feel like the voice is secondary hmm. in this. You know, it it's really like Roman got sent off 
to boarding school to be normal and then comes back mm. and is just like he a lesser tiny version. Yeah. He like he, he went to he went to boarding school somewhere in uh in New York City and uh yeah, he doesn't have that that British accent anymore. Hmm. So I don't know. I hear the lyrical connections, but I don't know, it just feels wrong to me to call it a Roman remix and it feels like Roman has become more of a marketing ploy than anything, mm. like something to get people to listen to a Nicki Minaj remix without her putting in the effort that Roman honestly deserves. So that brings us to her new album, Pink Friday 2. Yes. It's out as we speak. And listening to the record, it seems like Roman is gone for good. <gasps> I know. No. I know. Sab. There's no formal appearances of him on the record, which is fascinating considering Pink Friday 2 is in the timeline a sequel to Pink Friday and Pink Friday Roman Reloaded. By naming the record Pink Friday 2, maybe I'm crazy, but I would automatically expect hmm. a Roman connection there. Yeah. I'm trying to think about what the corollary in film is where a sequel is made, but none of the characters are the same. Maybe like the Jurassic Park franchise is, is, is a good example where you're like, whatever happened to the scientist? Where did he go? And you're like, oh, you know, some convenient excuse that that person's not in the film and in, in, in the sequel. And those sequels, though, because they don't have the same characters, they don't have the same reverence. Are you saying Jurassic Park 2 isn't cinematic gold? What are you what are you talking about, Rihanna? Okay. Okay. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But You are a film major who reviews films nearly daily. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> and you're calling the Lost World Jurassic Park 2, so, you know, just don't don't get too big for your britches. <laughs> But I mean, it reflects like the the reverence that people are having for this record or the lack thereof. People do not like this record from what I've been seeing so far. And it's because a lot of people feel like they've been misled. Why would you name an album Pink Friday 2 and not have even like your Starships or your Super Bass type songs on there? You know, there's no Roman. There's no tries for, you know, a big sweeping pop hit. And the ones that do are kind of relying on samples. I mean, just look at the song My Life, which is on the back half of the record. It uses a sample of Heart of Glass by Blondie, but just pitches it up and doesn't even implement it in a way that serves the song. Tried to play me, but I should have done it first. There's a term for this, which is narrative debt, right? She's set up all of this expectation, given her listeners this 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 connection to this this character, and you expect some kind of resolution. But this universe of music has gotten so complicated, or has, she has gone in other directions, that there are these these narrative trails that just haven't been fulfilled. It also is probably part of what initially inhibited me from getting into the music which is like you really need to get into this world to get into it and then it's very satisfying and so i can I totally understand for anybody who loves any franchise when the franchise departs from your expectations you're like well i'm i'm out of here and i think well, the marvel cinematic universe for example has the same problem right but there's also a difference i mean i think i think as we've articulated here certainly Nikki has every right to retire this this character if if it fails to move her or serve her artistic needs. But really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can also understand from a fan's perspective if there's no closure, you know, there's no ceremonial, you know, just putting Roman on a 
on a on a Viking ship and and sending him off to sea and sending a a, a arrow with a flame to to light it on fire. You know what I'm talking about. There, there, there there's no <laughs> Barb's fans don't have a chance to you know more and say goodbye. Whatever they need to do to process the end of the Roman era, it's like the Roman Empire. The collapse of the Roman <laughs> Empire. All we do is think about Rome, and clearly she has not fulfilled that expectation. Roman Zelensky <laughs> is our Roman Empire. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, you know, maybe maybe that's part of this is like there, there's not that sense of closure. I don't know. Yeah, it, it feels like without Roman on Pink Friday, too, it's hard to discern what makes Nicki Minaj work hmm. as an artist. It, it it's hard to discern what makes Nicki Minaj really Nicki because throughout this record, you know, her raps to me feel kind of purposeless and nondescript. And it seems as though, you know, despite the inner barb in me telling me otherwise, Nicki might need Roman to keep herself relevant. These other personas like Red Ruby, DeSleaze, Chun-Li, they're not pulling the same weight. So I, for one... I'm waiting for the Roman Empire to come back in full force. This episode of Switched on Pop is produced by Rihanna Cruz, edited by Julie Myers, engineered by Brandon McFarlane, illustrations by Iris Gottlieb, community manager by Evan Barr, and Nishat Karwa is our executive producer. You may recall that we have a newsletter. Whoa. Pew, 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 pew. Wow. wow. What? Oh Crazy. <laughs> yes, it's true. A newsletter. No you can way. sign up for it. I, I, okay. Calm, calm down, everyone. Sorry. I got to get through this. But Nate, what will it give us? Oh, well, thanks for asking. It'll give you what we're listening to this week. It'll give you our favorite stories that we can't cover on the podcast. It'll give you an insight into our weird and wonderful personalities. If that's at all appealing for you, go to switchjumpop.com and sign up today. Also on our website, you can find some very hot merch, some cool hats, all kinds of things, last minute gifts. And if you want to chat with us, we are on social media at Switched on Pop. We'll be back next week with a very special holiday episode. Nate, tell the good people what's going to be happening. Y'all, we sat down with this year's holiday hit maker, Matt Rogers, comedian, podcaster, actor, host of a dog grooming show on HBO Max. Uh, a multi-hyphenate is what I'm saying. Hysterical Christmas album that we are going to unpack in all its glee. You don't want to miss it. Truly the funniest Christmas album I've ever heard. So we'll see you next Tuesday. And until then, thanks thanks for for listening. Thanks for listening. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running. And that's not the case. Most runners hate running. (laughs) But they choose to do it. In the new docu-series Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts.